Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Eli Manning met with the media earlier today in his retirement announcement. Did you have money on he would use the phrase my way? Since he was was Frank Sinatra's New York, New York playing in the background? Eli Manning, quote, from the very first moment, I did it my way. I wonder if the music was playing in the background at the press conference. I could not be someone other than who I am. Undoubtedly, I would have made the fans, the media, even the front office more comfortable being a rah-rah guy, but that is not me. Ultimately, I choose to believe that my teammates and the fans learned to appreciate that. What they got was pure, unadulterated Eli. That was him at a press conference just a couple hours ago. You can be next. Lines open for the first time in a long time in Free For All Friday. We are about your phone calls once a week and only once a week in terms of them leading our way. It is a fun weekend in college basketball. You have the Senior Bowl and the Pro Bowl for football fans. You have the All-Star Game and tonight's skills competition in St. Louis. For hockey fans, the Australian Open in tennis, Tory Pines is the venue for Tiger and Rory McIlroy and John Rahm and Phil Mickelson and Ricky Fowler and some of the other luminaries in the golf world. If you are into something a little bit off the beaten path, as intern Will collects your calls, you can be next. No wait at 1-800-849-2761. As long as it's a question, comment, or complaint about this show or the sports world or the overlapping of those things, you could be next by dialing 1-800-849-2761 from anywhere in North Carolina. The United States Figure Skating Championships, which have been here in our state twice before, I know at least, are in Greensboro as we speak. They are through Sunday at the Greensboro Coliseum Complex, as it is called. The World Championships depend in part, or at least for the Americans, on their performances here in our state through Sunday. Men's competition, women's competition, pairs competition, juniors competition, seniors competition. One more thing to add for your consideration, perhaps an easy drive for many of you in our statewide listening audience. College basketball's highlights include these. I mentioned one thing I wanted to follow up on a little bit earlier as we look forward to Duke not back in action until hosting Jeff Capel, former Blue Devil player, former Blue Devil right-hand man to Mike Krzyzewski. Duke is off until Tuesday when they host the Pitt Panthers. Jeff Capel says he's never been the enemy in Cameron Indoor Stadium until this coming Tuesday, but we'll leave that back on the back burner until Monday or Tuesday's show. UNC is in action tomorrow at noon against Miami. The Heels are 8-10 overall, 1-6, dead last in the ACC. Roy Williams is at risk at the only losing season he's ever had as a college coach, head coach or assistant, which dates back to the 1970s. Kevin Keats has the Wolfpack tied for fourth in the ACC. And according to most bracketologists in the NCAA tournament, were those projections made today. Wins over a good Wisconsin team at Virginia more recently. The Wolfpack is at Georgia Tech tomorrow afternoon at four. The Yellow Jackets are dealing with an NCAA postseason ban. They are middle of the pack in terms of overall talent, but they are a dangerous opponent. They did beat the pack in Raleigh earlier this year at a time when State was missing a couple of key players. Wake Forest hosts UVA on Sunday. It has been a disappointing year six for Danny Manning, at least to this point. He has a good experienced point guard in Brandon Childress. He has a nicely progressing big man in Olivier Saar. 
He has a quality guard in Shondi Brown when he's healthy, but he hasn't been healthy lately. The Deeks are at 9-9 nine and nine and above only the Tar Heels in the ACC basketball standings. We've got a little bit of everything, don't we? As we go to Jeremy in Burlington, who has the NFL on his mind, others college basketball, the NBA, the NHL, Tiger Woods, Serena Williams, Ruffin McNeil's homecoming to here in North Carolina. You can chime in with your question or comment in a moment. The last time, you know, Duke is a national title contender. Carolina and Wake are in misery mode. State is in between, but I think in a really good place, probably the second NCAA tournament bid in three years for Kevin Keats as the leader of the Wolfpack. Long way to go for that to happen, but I think they have more offensive diversity than maybe anybody in the ACC right now. Almost nobody can put five guys out there where you're afraid of that anyone might try to score. Like Syracuse has four scorers and then a shot blocker. UVA does that sometimes as well, and the Cavs are struggling on offense. I don't know if it's this second accurate, but very recently the Wolfpack was the only team in the ACC that had five double-digit scorers. That's nothing to sneeze at. It's not a great ACC, but... If you have five guys out there, State's ideal lineup probably would be, you know, Markel Johnson, senior point guard. I like how Devin Daniels has improved his game. C.J. Bryce, to me, is an all-ACC candidate at guard. He's missed some time with concussions, but he is back now. D.J. Funderburk was coming off the bench for a long time. He's now in the starting lineup. That guy's, like, capable of a double-double in points and rebounds on any night. Really quality player for the pack, whether he comes off the bench or as he has been starting lately. When they have a Manny Bates, who's been hurt lately as well, as the shot-blocking post player, it's not five dangerous guys, right? But they have Jericho Helms is a new and improved version of himself. So you have Helms out there, and he's kind of a versatile defender. You have versatility defensively, where the pack still has to get better. But you have unpredictability in a good way offensively, meaning the opponent's not sure where you're going. And that's great. Braxton Beverly needs to get better. He's had kind of a disappointing season as a shooter so far. But Kevin Keats has a lot of weapons. And in this year's ACC, he has more weapons offensively than just about anybody, including tomorrow's opponent, Georgia Tech. As we go to Jeremy, Darren, you were not alive in 1972 or even close to that, correct? That's correct. All right. I was about four years old the last time Florida State in basketball remember Bobby Bowden top five in the national polls all the time like seriously they they went 14 straight years finishing in the top five of the polls Florida State football that's an insane track record of consistent success kind of like that 33 year run Dean Smith top three in the ACC Bobby Bowden top five nationally 14 years in a row that's Florida State football FSU basketball is number five right now in the year 2020, fifth in the national polls. Do you know the last time they were in the top five was 1972? To show you how some things change dramatically, Darren, but some things very little. Do you know what 1972 and 2020 do not have in common and what they do clearly have in common? The latter includes presidential scandals because you know what 1972 was? Richard Nixon and Watergate. Yeah. I don't need to say out loud what 2020 is, but how far have we come? How, apparently not at all. 
through those four decades, 1972. That's almost five decades for crying out loud. Ah, just another presidential scandal, just another impeachment threat, threat et cetera. Uh, Nixon resigned before getting impeached. You all know the rest of the 2020 story. In contrast to the presidential scandals of the last time Florida State was top five in basketball and the current top five Seminoles, video games. You need an example that stands in stark contrast to the presidential scandals of 48 years ago and today? Video games. Do you know what was popular in 1972, Darren? I wish I was more of a gamer. I need my son Anthony here to elaborate. Or you were more of a gamer. Intern Will doesn't have his own microphone. Maybe he's a gamer. I'm not sure. In 1972, I kid you not, I, after, after contemplating Nixon and impeachment all these years later, I just needed a contrast. You know, I, I don't I don't want to feel like nothing has changed for the better in 48 <laughs> years in terms of pre presidential scandals. So I thought about video games. I am not kidding when I tell you that the popular video game in 1972. Are you even surprised there was a video game in 1972? No, but it must have been like the original Atari. That's a, like You're a correct. singular joystick. Oh, man, look at this. This is way before your birth. You got the name of the company right. It was Atari. I actually remember this because I was a small child at the time. Do you know what the game was? Because it was way before Space Invaders this, uh, and football and, and so, stuff like that. I can promise you. And maybe the first video game ever, by it, my memory, Pong. It was Pong. <laughs> Florida State is number five in the nation for the first <laughs> time since Atari's Pong was the video game of the moment. From wow. Pong, what do we have now? We got a little <laughs> bit of everything. We got Madden NFL football. We've got Call of Duty. We, we've got all sorts of things, man. A little bit of everything 48 years later. My, how times have changed in some ways dramatically. And my, how times have not changed in others. Jeremy in Burlington, welcome to Free For All Friday. Go right ahead. Hey, BZ. Thank you for taking my call. Sure, man. What's on your mind? Well, I appreciate you mentioning the uh, figure skating. I'm actually on my way to volunteer. I, I do that at the college gym. Oh, uh, cool. I really appreciate you mentioning it. Yeah, man. Because, um, you know, I was there earlier this week, and we really need Greensboro and the surrounding areas to show up and show their support. But I was just wondering, um, with your mindset and the legal you know, aspect, David Temper, you know, he's got a really tough decision this year, you know, because he's got, you know, came under one-year contract. He's got um, Will Greer, and he's got Kyle Allen. You know, he's got three somewhat good quarterbacks, one coming back from injury. What do you think he's going to do with his mindset of, you know, bigger picture and wanting to take this team into the next, you know, next century? May, I don't know if you intended this, Jeremy, but I think you just asked the most unanswerable question of anything that we could have fielded on this show today. And I, I mean that sincerely. That's like a compliment because – you know, like Carolina's bad in basketball right now. Folks, that is not going to last. It is a temporary thing. They're going to be somewhat better in the short term when Cole Anthony returns. They're going to be a lot better in the long term when four McDonald's All-Americans arrive for Roy Williams next year. Think of anything else, right? I, I can tell you the Hornets story right now. I can tell you the Hurricane story as they're in position for a second straight uh, Stanley Cup playoff bid. We could talk about Duke as a national title contender, NC State as an NCAA tournament team. Like, no matter what team or situation you ask about, I've got an answer. With the Carolina Panthers, there is no answer 
on January 24th to the quarterback question. There's just not. The only way there could be is if you have decided behind the curtain without making it public, the only way there is any clarity on the Carolina Panthers quarterback position is if they have decided to turn the page on Cam Newton. You know, Matt Rule has now had however much time to study Panthers film. You're not going to just study the injured Cam, you know. They're, they're going to study how he looked when he was healthy. And does that Cam fit what Matt Rule and Joe Brady of LSU like to try to do on offense, or do they not? I mean, David Tepper did not hire Matt Rule and give him that long-term deal unless he was going to trust his football judgment. So publicly... All David Tepper has said is, we're not deciding anything until we see Cam healthy again. Remember, his public comments included, my ideal is Cam returning in a Panthers uniform and leading us back to the Super Bowl. That's his ideal publicly stated. Now, what are they saying privately? I don't know the answer to that. But Will Greer showed he's not close to ready to being the solution. To me, Kyle Allen showed that while a quality backup compared to a lot of other backups – He's probably not going to be a full-time starter solution. and so, so that leaves us back where I mentioned. Either you, like Jeremy, if you were whispering in David Tepper's ear right now, given the uncertainty, there, there's no, if you called me on March 24th, we might still not have the answer to whether, what is Cam Newton going to look like? Would you be more a turn-the-page-on-Cam guy or would you be more the, this is the uniform, he's the only one he's worn in the NFL, He's our number one overall pick from 2011. When he was healthy, he was pretty darn good. And once the MVP, let's not make this decision until we see what he looks like, say, you know, in April, which also includes the NFL draft, but might be the first time we know whether Cam's healthy or not. Yeah, I would definitely let him run out his one more year. He's definitely earned that and he deserves that. And, you know, see how he comes, you know, because, if he gets injured again, then you know what you have. And if he comes back and he plays the full season and he's back to the cam that we know, you know, I think even now, I think give him that extra extension and, you know, you ride him out as long as you can because, I mean, he's, he's set us to the promised land once. It'll be interesting. I am of your mindset, and that means that the Panthers would give Cam and his people the option of playing the final year out on his current deal. There's a chance that they don't want to do that, right? A lot of NFL players, as they get older, don't want the one-year deal. And they're going to say, you want to see one more year of me, Cam Newton, in a Panthers uniform? you got to give me a longer deal than that. Well, then David Tepper's going to say, well, wait a minute. I'm trying to be fair here. I don't want to have to turn the page on Cam Newton, but you do have a contract for next year at a certain dollar amount, and I don't even know if you're healthy enough to fulfill it right now. So I wouldn't, if I were David Tepper, want to give him an extension. But I would be open to giving Cam one more year if come March or April – the medical reports come back in positive ways. If you don't like that, if you're a member of the turn the page on Cam Newton crowd, you better have an idea in free agency or you better have an idea in the NFL draft. Can you get somebody you like at number seven at quarterback? You could always trade up. That might be expensive. But Tua Tungavailoa is going to be available. Joe Burrow of LSU, probably number one overall to Cincinnati. Tua Tungavailoa of Alabama available at some point after that. Are you okay with his medical risks? Is he worth number seven overall? Is there a different quarterback you'd like even more? 
they're studying places like the Senior Bowl, where you know Justin Herbert is viewed as a first rounder out of Oregon by a lot of people. I don't think a Jalen Hurts or a Jordan Love or a Shea Patterson fits that description, not as a first-round draft pick. Those are some of the other QBs in tomorrow's Senior Bowl down in Mobile, Alabama. But that's the huge fork in the road. It's one of the biggest forks in the road in the history of Carolina Panthers football. And my guess is that David Tepper is not, a re- not ready to pick a fork just yet. 1-800-849-2761. Jeff wants in on the other side to talk a little hockey. It is All-Star Game weekend. Skills challenge tonight. Jacob Slavin representing the Canes in the place of the injured Dougie Hamilton on defense. Minnesota Wild center Eric Stahl, the former Carolina Hurricanes team captain and Stanley Cup champion, will be in this All-Star Game as well. Nowadays, of course, representing the Minnesota Wild. He'll be in the Central Division uniform as they play play bracket style elimination hockey on sun or on tomorrow in St. Louis in the uh, three division versus division games they will crown a champion at some point late tom- uh, tomorrow night skills competition and a women's game tonight the canes are where you'd want to be in terms of the playoff line they're above it they're not exactly where you want to be in terms of the playoff projections meaning if you finish 7th or 8th in the east you'd have to deal with either the Capitals or the Bruins in your first-round playoff series. I think Rod Brindamore and the boys would like to play even better in the post-All-Star break stretch of the regular season, maybe get a more compelling matchup, or not more compelling, maybe get a more manageable matchup in your first round rather than having to deal with the Capitals or the Bruins, who might be right now the two best teams in the NHL, if not the best two. They're close to that. Jeff wants in on the other side. Alton and Cedar Grove wants in as well. Zion Williamson made his NBA debut this week for the New Orleans Pelicans regular season style. And after a slow start, it was a spectacular and record-setting finish for Zion. More on that with more of your calls. How do you join Free For All Friday? By dialing 1-800-849-2761. That is your ticket in to the David Glenn Show. Kurt Busch is joining us, 38-year-old champion of the Daytona 500. Well, I went out with Gronk last night after uh, after we won the race. Did you really? Also, it was fun. Got about an hour of sleep. I asked him, I go, hey, when do you have to report to training camp? He goes, July. I said, well, we can't be friends because i got to <laughs> go back to racing. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Free For All Friday. We've got a little bit of everything today. Australian Open tennis is nearing the round of 16. PGA Tour is back in action with a full field or closer to it. Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, Phil Mickelson, Ricky Fowler, Jordan Spieth among the headliners out in California. U.S. championships of figure skating are right here in North Carolina if you want to go off the beaten path a little bit. Eli Manning and Luke Keekley have retired from the NFL. Antonio Brown spent the night in jail. Serena Williams has been eliminated at the Australian Open. NHL All-Star Game is tomorrow. Senior Bowl is tomorrow. Pro Bowl is on Sunday in Orlando. Trey Turner of your Carolina Panthers is among the offensive linemen. The other two guys named to the game, Luke Keekley and Christian McCaffrey, will not play for different reasons. Luke Keekley, of course, has retired. He is discussing with David Tepper alternative roles to stay with the franchise. Luke apparently has not made his mind up yet whether he wants to get into broadcasting, possibly get into coaching, although he's not sure about that, uh, or a different advisory role, perhaps uh, start getting into the executive-type job description 
he has stated his interest in staying in the Charlotte area, but he is also open to some broadcasting opportunities that may take him elsewhere. McCaffrey is just worn out and I think is a classic example of how, whereas most NBA players look forward to that all-star game that's uh, not too far away next month in the case of that league, whereas some hockey players have taken to dodge this game that's taken place this weekend. Alex Ovechkin is an example. Now, some of the other biggest stars have been playing great and don't look hurt at all, but then describe this wrist injury and they just back out of the game even though they'll show up at the festivities in St. Louis. I do think that among all the sports, the one players are most likely to want to dodge in part because football is the most violent game of all. And, and although they play something a little closer to two-hand touch at the Pro Bowl, it's still putting your body at risk. McCaffrey had one of the highest usage rates of any running back in modern NFL history. So if anybody deserves a break after all of his receptions and all of his runs from scrimmage, I think McCaffrey fits that description well. So you won't see many Panthers uniforms out there. Plenty of New Orleans Saints, 11 are in the game. Plenty of Baltimore Ravens, 13 of them are in the game. Of course, if you're with the Chiefs or the 49ers, you are not playing because you have a much bigger game one week from Sunday in Super Bowl 54. Jeff and Kerry has hockey on his mind. We'll get to Alton and Cedar Grove as well. He wants to talk about the future of Zion Williamson, who was in the headlines as he made his NBA debut earlier this week. You can join right now by dialing 1-800-849-2761. Jeff, welcome to the program. Go right ahead. Hey, David. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Good to I'm have you with us. Morning. Thank you. I was just wondering, um, what do you think the Hurricanes need to do, not just to ensure they make the playoffs, but can you know feasibly afford if they go after any free agents that are out there that it won't, I guess, hamstring hamstring their team in the future. Yeah, the the two things that come right to mind, and and one of these two was also on my mind. So there's like the what would DG do question, and there's what do I think the Canes are doing question. One that is on both lists, and maybe yours if you're a Kaniac, with Dougie Hamilton injured and out for months, plural, they feel the need to upgrade on defense. Because imagine, hopefully they rise in the standings. Maybe they get a more manageable playoff matchup against, like, the New York Islanders or somebody. Not that the Islanders are bad. They deserve respect. But the Capitals and the Bruins are super heavyweights. And if you finish 7th or 8th, you're going to get the Capitals or the Bruins in all likelihood. And you do not want your top four on defense to be Jacob Slavin's fine. He's going to be in the All-Star game. Brett Pesci is fine. But with Dougie out, you're leaning a little harder than you should on Joel Edmondson and Jake Gardner and Trevor Van Riemsdyk and Hayden Fleury. So I, I know that the Canes feel like they need to upgrade their defense. I agree with that. And I've read that they feel the need to at least explore goalies. Now, Peter Morazic some nights has been great. His backup, James Reimer, some nights has been great. But if they can upgrade there... I've been reading that they would at least be open to the idea. So let's say the Chicago Blackhawks, who are not very good this year, let's say they put Robin Leonard on the market, formerly of the Islanders. Canes actually looked into signing him this offseason. You all know how this works at the trade deadline. Most of those lower in the standings become sellers, and most of those that feel like they're going to make the playoffs or are trying to get there and think they have a realistic chance of a special season, they become buyers. Well, if – 
the NHL view of the Canes goaltending is that it is average at best. Now, we could debate that. It's certainly not elite goaltending. I respect Peter Morazic becoming a number one level goaltender. I've always I've been watching James Reimer for a decade. I think he's a quality number two. Do they have an elite goalie by NHL standards? Probably not. Do they have a pretty solid two-man rotation? I would say yes. But if they like Robin Leonard even better, and they did try to sign him last summer, and the Blackhawks were to make him available, maybe you pull a trade there. Uh, Justin Williams returning, I think, is better than a, a deadline transaction because you get him. It's like a mid-season sniper, veteran, locker room leader presence to the Ross, to a locker room that's already familiar with him, obviously, without having to give up anything at the trade deadline. I mean, like, that's a dream. So Jet Willie up front has already been added, and I think those are the other two areas most likely that they're looking. I've seen, I don't know if you're a big enough hockey fan to know, but Alec Martinez of the Kings and Brendan Dillon of San Jose are both defensemen that apparently may be on the market um, and, and may be uh, able to solidify that top four. I mean, with Dougie Hamilton, I love the Canes defense. Without him, love Slavin. Like Pesci, Edmondson fills a role, but you got who? You, which blue liners are you rotating out there when you have to stop Pasternak of the Bruins or Ovechkin or Oshie of the Capitals? You better trust your top four against monsters like those who loom again as possible first round playoff opponents. Those third liners are nice NHL defensemen. But you need to believe to your core in your top four defensemen. And without Dougie Hamilton, I don't think the Canes can say that right now. And that's why they're probably open to uh, suggestions at the trade deadline. Alton in Cedar Grove, North Carolina. Welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Uh, David, great to talk to you again. Thanks, man. What's on your mind? Uh, look, I was uh, uh, thinking about the whole Zion Williamson situation, and uh, you had a guest on Wednesday that talked about uh, sports science and uh, doctors and the, the training and how important that yeah. is. Alan. And I really think that every NBA team and basically about everybody in professional sports needs to go uh, in that direction. And I also think that Zion could become the poster child for the young player being load-managed. Um, I really think uh, there are probably two or three players on every team uh, that these general managers and coaches really need to sit down and think strongly about maybe playing these guys 65, 70 games a year. Because uh, one of the things the kids in Zion's generation is that a lot of these kids uh, have played AAU basketball and they're playing essentially uh, almost the same number of games during a year yeah. that NBA players are playing. So when these guys come in, uh, sometimes these guys are coming in hurt or they're coming in to situations uh, where they may get injured. So I really think that's something uh, that they have to do. And if you look at uh, what's going on with Golden State, when you go deep into playoffs, and guys are playing, you know, 115 games a year, it's going to catch up with you. Yeah, I think you make a lot of good points there. And let's all remember, science has already reminded us of something that might be common sense, but now we just have data to back it up. The NFL running back, for example, 
Your chronological age does matter, 25, 28, 30, 33, whatever, but the tread off your tires matters a lot more. And when they study such things, it, it matters less that you've been in the NFL, for example, for, say, three, five, seven years. It matters more the number of carries that you have had. So just like you're talking, Alton, about the young athlete who's playing more than ever before, that's more tread off the tire. And if you happen to weigh 285, or many believe Zion is really at 300 pounds, and the laws of physics are such that that's an awful lot of just pressure on his knees and his ankles and everything, his hips, etc. So you want to follow the science. I've rolled my eyes in, in my lifetime as a sports fan because you all know what the critics will sometimes say about load management. Oh, you guys are wusses compared to how we did it back in the day. Or somebody will throw out there, you know, the snowflake type comment. Oh, you got to coddle these kids. What is he, a basketball player or an athletic snowflake? You know what, you know what cracks me up every time? You know who's right? The scientists beat the Twitter tough guy every damn time. Every time. And you know what the Twitter tough guys were saying before Twitter? Oh, you wuss, get back in there. You just got your bell rung. Ah, you just got your bell rung. Well, now we know that every concussion makes it riskier to have another concussion. And if you have multiple concussions, you are at an infinitely higher risk of lifelong medical and brain-related problems than everybody else. But what was the Twitter tough guy saying for decades? Rub some dirt on it and get back in there. Now, as a youth coach, I can tell you, there's some value in the rub some dirt on it and get back out there. There, there is some value in teaching and reinforcing toughness. But there's a difference between the bloody knee, where there is essentially no long-term repercussions, as long as you put a bandage on it, I guess, and don't let it get infected or whatever. There's a difference between the bloody knee and the brain damage that, is, that comes along with concussions. So long ago... I believe smart people listened more to scientists and rolled their eyes at the Twitter tough guys talking about the snowflakes, the coddled athletes, etc. Follow the science, whatever it is. And if science tells you that load management is smarter, you know, the NBA may have to react to that. We've already seen some indigestion. You all know what happens. Fan X buys tickets expecting to see so-and-so superstar, let's say Kawhi Leonard, I paid to see the Hornets host the Clippers thinking that I would see Kawhi Leonard. And then the Clippers show up in town, and oh, Kawhi's on a load management night. And now I don't get to see him. And that's then come the claims of false advertising. And then come the claims of, well, wait a minute, I saw A versus B on TNT tonight or ESPN tonight, and I tuned it in, and the two guys I was looking forward to see most aren't playing tonight because of load management. Are there marketing complications to that? Yes. But... There's nothing wrong with a franchise investing in the health of a young man that, in theory, they would care about his health anyway. But even if you want to be cynical about it, they want to care about the health of their investment, that young basketball player, Zion Williamson, who has already had an injury at Duke and already had a half a season missed with the New Orleans Pelicans as the number one overall pick. Follow the science Roll your eyes at the idiotic tough guys because you know where they end up? They're all big and bold and bad with their advice. From a place of ignorance, the Twitter tough guys, always speaking from a place of ignorance, they're the ones that need to be fed by their wives later in life 
because they said, ah, I just got my bell rung, or you wuss, get back out there. You're not tough enough unless you can just shake it off and run back into the huddle. You can be penalized for your own ignorance. And modern-day athletics involves a lot of listening to the scientists and balancing such things with stuff that still matters, like toughness and work ethic and dedication, and even fighting through some injuries. But some other things are different, and when you're six, seven, three 300 pounds, a lot of things are different for you. And if you're the New Orleans Pelicans, and certainly if you're Zion Williams, his family, or his advisors, it was wise to be cautious about when you made your debut after knee surgery. It's wise to be cautious with your minutes. Remember the New Orleans fans the other night against San Antonio? We want Zion. We want Zion. And he did not re-enter the game after five minutes or so to go. Why? Alvin Gentry said after the game, guys, I could see he scored 17 straight points. I could see that for stretches he was the best player on the floor. I know now that he just set the all-time Pelicans points record for anybody's Pelicans debut. He did a lot right, especially in the fourth quarter. But doctors say that for his first game back, we're only going to play him in the neighborhood of X number of minutes, and I'm not going to risk the guy's longer-term future for a regular season game in January against the San Antonio Spurs. There's a chance, given how much better fellow former Duke star Brandon Ingram is, He's having a breakthrough year with the New Orleans Pelicans. Even though they're, I believe, below the playoff line by quite a bit right now, New Orleans could be a playoff team with that version of Zion we got only in small doses the other night, with that big dose of Brandon Ingram shipped from the Lakers to the Pelicans in the AD trade. He's looking as good as he's ever looked, product of Kinston, North Carolina, and, of course, the Duke Blue Devils. New Orleans is taking the smart approach. Zion is taking the smart approach after I think even Coach K said in the preseason, Zion's playing too much because he's not in good enough shape. Coach K doesn't go out of his lane all that often, and I remember him saying, even some Duke fans were criticizing the people who were saying that Zion was carrying too much weight. And then the master agreed, Zion's carrying too much weight. He probably should not be thrown into the deep end with this many minutes given that he's not ready to play those kind of minutes at that level. They smarted up, and now I think they're taking a smart approach to his return. Carter wants in on the other side. It is a last call for free-for-all Friday phone calls next on the David Glenn Show. Rob Schneider joining us on the David Glenn Show. When they try to have three days of the NFL draft on TV, my friend said, hey, you going to watch the NFL draft? It's like getting excited about a strip club that's still under construction. <laughs> like you see that building over there in a couple of months? There's going to be some breasts in there. You're listening to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. It is free for all Friday. That means your phone calls steer our ship. We are halfway to Margaritaville. Carter in Winston-Salem wants to be the next to step into the proverbial free-for-all Friday batter's box. You can follow by dialing 1-800-849-2761. It was a big week in college hoops for NFL retirements. Eli Manning, Luke Keekley of your Panthers before that. The Baseball Hall of Fame has a new class. So does the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame. The weekend that awaits us includes the NHL All-Star Game, the Senior Bowl, and the Pro Bowl. In, the, in football, college basketball offers 
Carolina hosting Miami in scramble mode. The Tar Heels are 8-10. and 10. NC State goes to Atlanta to take on Georgia Tech. The Pack has been building an NCAA tournament caliber resume. Wake hosts UVA on Sunday. I will see you there at the Joel. And Florida State, ranked number five in the nation, hosts Notre Dame. You're going to see a lot of ACC teams outside Duke, Florida State, and Louisville who see these games as their Super Bowls, basically. Notre Dame has sagged in the standings. They actually have some talent. They have a good coach in Mike Bray. But like a lot of those middle of the ACC teams, they are running out of time to build NCAA tournament resumes. When you get a shot at Louisville or Duke or FSU, you got to make the best of it. But, you know, FSU's home record in their last 61 games in Tallahassee under Leonard Hamilton, they are 58-3. and that's how hard to beat they have become there as they are all the way at number five in the AP poll. That is as high as they have been since 1972 in the sport of men's basketball. Carter in Winston-Salem has hoops on his mind. Welcome to Free For All Friday. Go right ahead. Hey, David. How are you doing? Doing all right, man. What's on your mind? Well, um, speaking of uh, Carolina and Wake, um, you know, obviously Carolina having a bad year and for the past, um, well, forever I can remember, um, Wake's always kind of struggled, but it's just so funny to hear how Carolina fans are complaining, especially this year about, oh, we're so bad, you know. Uh, it's, and I just shake my head and laugh, like, have you not been, you know, welcome to my world, you know, as a Wake fan. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. What is the modern saying? Is it the hold my beer? Like, should Wake fans be – how does that go, Darren Vaughter? Maybe Carter can help me with this. So Carol, Carolina fans, usually spoiled by success, are complaining about their 8-10 and 10 record. So would I be correct in saying a Wake fan is saying, wait, hold my beer? Did I execute that right or no? Exactly. You're exactly right. And, you know, it's, it's hilarious. It, it honestly is. But, it's you know, sad, it's, actually. It's you know, I, I don't I, I don't feel bad for Carolina fans. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I feel bad for Wake fans. I do. Because this is now, what is it, nine of the last ten years where Wake has been essentially miserable? They did have one NCAA tournament season under Danny Manning. But Jeff Bezdelic, his entire four-year tenure was hide your eyes bad. And there was no hope. We talked earlier this week. It's one thing to lose a lot. It's another thing to be losing a lot and then have no light at the end of the tunnel. The Tar Heels have two lights at the end of the tunnel. Cole Anthony will make them better this season. Probably not better enough to make an NCAA tournament run, obviously. But they'll be fun to watch when he comes back. If you're a Wake fan, you're missing the NCAA tournament for the ninth time in 10 years. Brandon Childress is one of your best players, and he's a senior, so he's leaving. The other two best players are juniors, but a lot of other underclassmen have left Wake unexpectedly early, so who knows who's coming back. And as much as I like Danny Manning as a person and as a guest on this show, it is just hard to paint an optimistic picture either for the rest of this season or for next season. And that's a pretty big contrast between what's going on with at UNC where four McDonald's All-Americans are on the way next year. I hear you, man. You're not being unreasonable, Carter. I hope this phone call mate was therapeutic for you. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. John also happens to be in Winston-Salem. We love listeners on the Sports Hub Triad. Welcome to Free For All Friday. Go right ahead. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. What's on your mind? Hey, let's talk hurricane hockey. Lay it on us. Well, I've got to tell you, I'm still suffering from post-traumatic stress syndrome from the Peters years. 
<laughs> Hang in there. Hang in let there. Let me tell you what. Let me tell you what part of that was. They went out every night without a real goal scorer, and they were they were competitive. And and so we would lose in the last three minutes. We I don't play, but they would lose in the last three or four minutes, or they would lose two to one, yeah. three to two, or they'd get real. They'd have to go nuts and try all kinds of risks. Well. Uh, Brenda Moore's team is a better version of that team, but what they really lack is a real goal scorer. And somebody's going to have to open their wallet for this. But let me just point out that this this uh, Leonard guy there, they wanted to take in. He was all over the place for the Islanders last year. Then he ran into the Carolina Hurricanes, and they totally torched him. Oh, I don't know Go about ahead. that. He was really good last year. Really, really good last year. And the Canes beat the Islanders in a low-scoring series for the most part. I don't think Robin Leonard was the number one reason the, the Islanders lost to the Canes. Uh, heck, the Canes went after him hard. After seeing him up close in the playoffs, they went after him hard. So they couldn't have seen anything that they disliked too much. To your other point, I agree with you. It, it is so much more fun to watch the Canes now during that stri- than during that stretch of years where they just didn't have enough firepower. Now, you're asking them to add another sniper. That can be expensive. So when the trade deadline gets closer, you know, you'd have to evaluate on a case-by-case basis. You don't pick up snipers for nothing. So you got to be willing to send something in exchange for whoever you may have in mind. But right now, there are like four players with more offensive skill than some of those old Canes teams had at all. Like, Andrei Svechnikov is a sniper. Sebastian Ajo has 24 goals at the All-Star break. That's a sniper. Tavo Teravainen is a little bit more of an assist man than a pure goal scorer, but he has 48 points at the break. That's sniper-like. Marty Natchez doesn't have numbers that big, but, man, is he a skilled skater and skilled with his hands and skilled, you know, he has 12 or so goals. So those are four guys that can put the puck in the net. I'm not saying you don't look around to see if you can add to that, but high-end scoring is no longer the number one need for the Canes. And the talk in the NHL right now is that they're far more likely to deal with a defenseman to plug in because of Dougie Hamilton's injury, or if there's that goalie out there, they won't shut their mind to that either. Jimmy Buffett takes us into the weekend with a little lovely cruise as we come down the stretch next. Mac Brown of the University of North Carolina. We got to win now. Let's don't start looking at rebuilding. Let's don't talk about how bad we are. Let's don't talk about we're not better than anybody. Let's figure out how to win. And that's what we've done. And, and the Coastal, because it's been up in the air every year, why shouldn't we have a chance? Keep it dialed in to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. We are coming down the stretch on today's program. This is a song by Jimmy Buffett called Lovely Cruise. We try to make your sports talk week something kind of sort of like a lovely cruise. So thanks for putting us up, putting up with us on the days that we accidentally steer you into the rocks. And thanks for enjoying all of the good times. Buffett style. You don't do know he has a concert or two here in North Carolina this coming April. The weekend is a plenty with golf, Australian Open tennis, figure skating right here in Greensboro, Pro Bowl, Senior Bowl, soccer, NBA, NHL All-Star Weekend. Enjoy those games. We'll talk about them Monday. Hope you're with us on the David Glenn Show. Mr. President, Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. 
I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina, love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show.